0: You're listening to In The Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation.
1: Hi everybody, it's America and Teresa. Hey. We're back for our final episode in our podcast.
0: Last one, after four years.
1: Four years of In The Open, today is it. But we're very excited to be here with you all, and today we're going to be talking about something I think that brings it all together and ties it up. It's going to close out the series that we have been working on called I Can, and today is I Can Heal. So, Teresa, I want you to tell me, do you think that you can actually heal?
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. (laughs) I think the degree to my confidence in believing that statement has changed. Okay. I think I always believed that I could heal. It's it's just a matter of how much I believe that, that the healing looks worthwhile.
1: Mm, okay. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's the aspect of not only believing in the fact that it's a possibility, but then being able to like visualize it. Is that what you're saying? Because that's what I took from what you said.
0: Yeah, being able to visualize it, being able to see what healing looks like because Mm -hmm. I can heal at at different times in my life. I believe that I could heal, but healing looked like trash. (laughs) Got it, yep. Versus healing looks like hope and beautiful and positive. So the quicker I'm able to get myself out of a bad spot, the more I'm able to root myself in the belief that I can do what I need to do to get to a better space and, and own the power that I have <laughs> to make that happen for myself instead of feeling like some things just happen to me versus how much I have and can wield that power in myself.
1: Like gold stars, fabulous. We can stop recording. We've done our we've done our job with Teresa. <laughs> I mean,
0: do you remember? Do you remember the early days? I do. It took you two years to convince me to get out of my mind enough to even do this. Yes. And when you dragged me in this process, it was dragged.
1: I felt it so, I I mean, I, and just hearing how you've laid out what the healing process looks like and can look like and what you need to get to that place, that could not have happened four years
0: ago. Or this podcast was like four years of intensive therapy. In a lot of ways, Mm -hmm. we did that together, you know? Committed a a week, every week for an hour to be vulnerable, to speak about our problems openly. You pushed me to not avoid, and I knew I had to be committed to show up, you know, and I knew we were going to talk about hard topics, even if I wanted to avoid them, which I think at different parts of the last four years, I've had moments where I would start a recording and immediately start sweating, (laughs) laughing, (laughs) laughing uncomfortably at the process that I committed to here.
1: But I think, I think that's amazing. And you talk about it, of course, from your, from your vantage point, I think too, though, it, um, it really is something meaningful for us to have continuously come back to this, to have very, very vulnerable conversations and not just for you, right? Like it's a, it's a two-sided relationship that we created. And so I feel part of this process has not only helped us in understanding, I, I, I have so many words for these little things that show up, but the little monsters and things that show up in our lives and how to, at different times, swat them away, how at different times, like embrace them, think with through with them. And then like, I'm done with you. I can move on. And when you talk about visualizing, that really resonates with me because I am a visual person, right? Like I need my surroundings to look like what I feel and what I am hopeful, right? Like to make it sunny and bright. And I think healing can happen in a variety of ways, but it is sometimes easier when you have folks that are around you that can guide you down a pathway and say, healing can look like this too.
0: When you reflect back on four years and you ask yourself what you learned the most from our experience, what sticks the most?
1: (sighs) Two things come to mind. One is my previous inability to really touch on the range of feelings that I have. Hmm. Even though anger is the easiest one to tap into, I have other feelings. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, don't share that, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's one. the other thing is really taking the time to understand how certain aspects of my personality are tied to safety mechanisms mm-hmm. that allow me to function. Mm-hmm. Right? Like the order and the chaos kind of thinking that I am in. So those two things stand out. And I'm going to tell you the third because I didn't mention it, but I think it's the most the most important thing is that you and I both showed up mm. in a way that most people don't show up in spaces that we just were like, this is what we're going to talk about today. Yeah. And that that's the thing that I take away from this more than anything.
0: I really appreciate the reflection on feelings. I I think that that's actually very difficult that's a skill that in therapy, we have to flush out, right? How to identify your real feelings, work through them, change your behaviors. Uh, I love that you mentioned then it pivots to kind of having insight about your behaviors because it, we we touched upon it at times, but I really loved that I had time to get to know you and understand the way that being ripped from your childhood experience, like the consistency of what was before your immigration to after your immigration, because you seem so together. And like, that's the thing about control and order is it looks good. It looks well together, but even behind that control, that's a burden for you. And Mm it's, and it's still, it's, it's a struggle. And I, I really appreciate that you did show up in that way. And And being vulnerable with me in that space because it's helped. It it was a really helpful reflection on okay, the easing in of okay, what what is it that I'm doing? Like, what do I what am I bringing from my own childhood that stays fixed? And how are we pushing each other to really reflect? And this is the hard work. Like, you can't force treatment. You can't force healing.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: But it's like exercise where if you commit to it. I've, I've done more healing in the four years that I've had with you than – and I don't know if that was by chance. I don't know how much this time with us pushed me to have to look at some of the things in my life or if those things in my life were going to happen anyways. But I do believe that because I had a space with you, I probably fell apart less than I would have hmm. because – In the past three years, there were many moments in the last three years where things were happening outside of my control that were bringing up all the experiences and the feelings that I know I had to address. And I could have gone to therapy, but I had this. And then where I did go to therapy, I focused it on my relationships, which I also think were really useful. Yeah. But when I think about that question of like what I learned, I, I can't. I don't know if it's real, a real memory, if I made this memory, but I remember in one of our earliest recordings, maybe it was like the get to know you one, which was our very first recording. I couldn't even say the words, I love myself. Mm. Like, Teresa, I love you. Like I that it was so painful. Yeah. That idea. And even now saying it out loud with you makes me tear up and you're like, man. I'm not afraid of it anymore. Like I am crying with you right now on this podcast, literally this moment, but the tears feel different. They're like tears of hope, you know, and tears of genuine Mm. love and love for myself. Like I don't see myself as something I want to figure out how to discard. It's like, Oh, I do love myself.
1: I really love that.
0: It only took four years to get there. (laughs) and A lot of (laughs) crying in public.
1: But I think that is the most tangible way, right, that people can understand the power that exists in actually like talking about the things we go through. I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to cry, Teresa. <laughs> Just cry, America. No. Why are you always making me cry? <laughs> I think, and and you know, when when I really um, think about this and the aspect of healing, there is an underlying notion of a question like wasn't I already healing that I think about and then I think that speaks to what you were saying earlier right like healing looks different at different times in our lives and it's for various reasons right sometimes we don't know any better and we go with the thing that feels the greatest and it may not be the best option for us.
0: I think that's why I rejected this for a long time I I had (laughs) Okay, so anytime you have a strong feeling, you should probably look into that because it tells you something that's like a trauma. But I – forever in mental health world, I hated the word thrive and flourishing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you really have strong reactions. He would talk about it. I was like,
0: I realize I know now I have – it took four years to build whatever, the healing. To understand that for much of my life, if not most of my life, to date, I was surviving. Mm. And to benchmark my – what I call like that's good enough to thriving was unfathomable in my brain. And I still can see it now, but I don't know where I get there. Like today, as Teresa healed today – I don't reject the word, but I still can't see what that looks like. But at least I don't reject the word, and that's where my good enough today is. But four years ago, I was in survival mode. I was surviving. I was choosing to wake up and stay alive, but that was it. And I was rejecting this notion of thriving. I was I was surviving.
1: When you're talking about strong emotions, like the emotion that I feel right now, it's two things. One is empathy because in, in through throughout our time that we've spent together there are experiences that you've had that I ha- that I have not had right like i cannot get in your shoes and know what it feels like to live x and so i can only sit with you in that moment and through this conversations right you help me understand this is what that felt like and for me to be able to sit in that moment and then reflect on how that and how I can internalize that to so then be supportive. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: And then the other thing is I've always, I have always believed in, in the power of who you are. And I think to hear you come to a place where you can own that is really amazing And where you would, you would tell me like, well, I wish I could have, you know, I could be as confident as you. I'm like, I don't know where I get it from. I I, like when people don't like me, I'm like, I don't, it's okay. You don't have to like me, you know, like I'm fine with it. And when we've had those conversations today, I feel like you are better equipped to be able to say, no, I, I am fully worthy of being able to say no to this because I have better, um, feelers for boundaries. Like, no, no.
0: <laughs> yeah. That's a great other measure for healing. I I really appreciate that you brought that up because like surviving to thriving, I can see confidence and I may get there someday. Mm-hmm. I don't reject the idea that I could be confident, but where I am, I'm just like, at least I'm not beating myself up or having a yeah. panic attack. <laughs> totally like on the spectrum of confidence and like believing in myself i and they're tied they're tied to the thriving <laughs> versus survival you know mhm that's weird when you when you were like when you reminded me i was like oh i really wish i could be confident like you like i'm like oh i still i still feel <laughs> I still – there are situations where every day I walk into an environment and I'm just like, why are you so weird? <laughs> why are you being so weird? Nobody thinks I'm weird and I have to self-talk. Like, nobody is paying attention to you. Right. Nobody, right. Nobody's even thinking about you, fool. <laughs> like, but in my own brain, I'm, like, hypersensitive to all the things in the environment. That's my anxiety, you know? Mm-hmm. And – I I know my confidence is tied to my anxiety. It also
1: makes me think about, babe, the spectrum that we were talking about with being negative. You know how like you had said, if I'm like on a daily, like at a six or seven, and your daily is like a four, and then when we think about healing, I think that spectrum is also very tangible. And and it depends on the day, okay? okay? I will tell you. Today, I feel very hopeful that things are changing. Yay, gold stars. Right now, I'm like at a seven or eight, like fabulous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But when we're in a more stressful state, yeah. and those negative thoughts become more pervasive, and we do not have the energy to fight against all the little monsters, the idea of healing and hope where I'm at a six or seven, it's like, man, I can go down to a two, you know, Mm -hmm. so Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to be very mindful of that.
0: There are people who who in couples therapy and stuff have used that benchmark as a way to measure your energy and where you are today, because it does fluctuate like your Mm -hmm. confidence and how much you can handle. Yeah. Some days are a 10. Some days are a zero. Yeah. Those have been fun. I really, I really love metaphors <laughs> and visualizations. Be, the the visualizations you're reminding yes, of our yes. visual, and that is helpful, right? Because in terms of measuring, like how much can I handle today? Mm-hmm. We're just talking about a number system, but we've talked about: Am I a table that holds stuff? Am I a sack of flour? You were mm-hmm. a juggler. I remember this. I was like, yes. what? You visualize your life as a juggler. Yes, I remember that. The place I like, yeah. I like blew my mind. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. I love that experience for us because I think the way you see yourself and the way you see your struggle and conceptualize it tells you a lot about the things you carry and the expectations you have about who you're supposed to be. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it was really beautiful to unpack that together.
1: Yeah, you know what, um, the thing that comes to mind is some of the tools that we've referenced around aiding our journey along this path. At one point, remember you talked about being a ninja, you're like, cut those things down, you know, and those things are, for me, I am a very visual person. So when I can see it in my mind, that it's like, okay. I can see the little monsters that are just like crawling up my arm to say, ha, 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 I'm going to take over, you know, and it's like, no, don't do that. And having those tools and recognizing what works for you, I think, ultimately can lead you down a more effective pathway, right, to identify what healing looks like for you.
0: And and I love that you're speaking to like your strength and an ability to visualize because I think in an episode I talked to you about how when I close my eyes I don't actually see things right yeah. I have aphantasia which is the inability to visualize in my mind's eye so when you talk to me it has been helpful to develop different frameworks or concepts in my brain that provide visual impact because I realize maybe one of the reasons why it was so hard for me to recover is I don't, I don't have a visual system
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it, it makes the things that I'm experiencing abstract instead of tangible.
1: Right, right. Yeah.
0: And if I had a tangibleness to it, that's something I can train. It just didn't like come to my brain when I close my eyes because when I close my eyes, I just see darkness, you know? like, I want to see a monster because yes, I could slay a monster. I could slay a monster, but I can't slay darkness. (laughs) Like in all the scary movies, darkness, abstract darkness is like the scariest thing. How do you go do that? You know? Yes. I was like, I remember when I realized and learned about that, I was so mad. I was like, no wonder my brain sucks. It's like, people literally have these other pathways that my brain doesn't even have (laughs) to just have a skill or a thing that helps you heal.
1: It also makes me think of the fact that, you know, we actually have conversations with ourselves. And other people were when we've asked the question, they're like, what do you mean? What does that look like? And you're like, what do you mean? What does that look like? You have thoughts and you talk to yourself about that.
0: Yeah. Like this is where our conversations at the I was like, what's normal, not normal? Mm-hmm. Like, everything is both normal and not normal because humans are just vast and beautiful.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: No one is normal. Everyone is different. And that's pretty, that's awesome, you know? But like, yeah, I don't know. Do you hear your voice in your head? Does it speak out loud to you?
1: Yeah, those types of things are like mind blowing to me. And in, in, in what you're saying, right? That the tools that people have at their disposition are so different based on how your brain works. And I think what works about and what has worked right for us is that we're able to really build off of one another and saying definitely the way that you process not at all, like I process, and being able to hear things from your perspective also helps me understand, like, oh my God, that's why that person did that, yeah,
0: that oh was pretty God. cool, yeah this is this is the beauty of group therapy versus individual therapy because the therapist is always just reflecting yourself back at you, mm. but. I think what you and I did here was more like group therapy (laughs) because you have to disclose your stuff and I'm learning from it and like sharing my thing. I really like it. Maybe I'm going to start going to group therapy. I always liked NA. Like I really, I mean, I like to go to Narcotics Anonymous meetings because it gives me some of that with the ritual and like, Mm -hmm. maybe I should go back.
1: You've mentioned that. You have mentioned that. I think that's that's a really important thing for people to also walk away with like when you think about support it's not always about you may not ready to to go into you may not be ready to go into a room and be like hey this is what's going on with me in my life no but you could go and sit in that space yeah and listen and take stuff in and then get to a point where you feel comfortable enough to share yes because it takes time I mean, we're talking about four years of our life here, so it's taken time. <laughs>
0: I mean, we're in our 40s. Let's age ourselves at how much progress we have not made in our lifetime.
1: I have made tons of progress, Teresa. <laughs> I need gold stars all over.
0: I'm mad that you didn't come into my life in my 20s. No, I probably wouldn't have been ready, you know. And oh, that, okay, okay that. maybe that's the final point about healing. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would have been ready at 20. I was a mess. I I was holding it together in a lot of different ways, but, or, or maybe I would have been ready, but things went a certain path and the decision at that point was to lock it up because I do remember in my 20s reaching out and trying to figure out a path forward and kind of running into certain walls that said, hey, you know what, in your life, it just is better if you just lock up some of these parts and put them on a mm-hmm. shelf and ignore them for 20 years. You'll still be fine. You'll survive. Mm-hmm.
1: I think in everything that you're saying, there is there is a very important role that time plays in helping you to come to an understanding of what you need and- we, we talked about that at some point in one of the episodes around, you know, you may want to, you you as the individual may want to change and get help and do all these things. But the other person in your life, your friend, your mom, whoever, they may not be ready for that. And they are just going to leave it on the shelf and don't want to look at it. Yeah, And that's their right as well. But then you have to determine what you need to be better. Yeah. So I think if... If you've learned anything from us in the last four years, just be kind to yourself. I think you learned how to be kind to yourself in a way that was its amazing. I have learned how to be kind to myself and just recognizing that it's okay for me to feel all kinds of things.
0: I'm overwhelmed with emotion. <laughs> I think that's a perfect final thought.
1: It is. I want to say one more thing and I, and i want people if if want if they ever want to go back to the first episode for Teresa and i to get started with this podcast it really was just an idea let's do this let's get on air and do it and teresa was like no why and then eventually she was, she was like yes let's do it and um it was so awkward at first <laughs> but we got through it we got through it and part of that though led us to not only have folks that came back to us regularly so thank you to the folks that listened throughout this time it really does mean a lot because we didn't know where this would go so for the folks that are out there that have been following our journeys like thank you
0: yeah thank you for sure we read the comments or we read emails from folks who have written to us and they're so, they're definitely meaningful. Like I've been like, what is the point of all this? Why are you getting me to be so vulnerable
1: online? This sucks. But people listen and they, whatever message we were sharing, they appreciate it and, the, and it resonated. And the other thing I think is that who knows what will happen in the future, but We have so much content here that if you are struggling, find an episode that resonates with you, that helps you share with other folks. And who knows, you know, maybe um, Mental Health America will come back with another podcast or some other folks who are doing this. But if you ever want to reach us, you can. You can always send us an email um, to podcast at mhanational.org. But truly, thank you. We've loved doing this with you all. As much as Teresa says, she hates it.
0: And thank you, America.
1: Thanks, Garrett.
0: Thank you, Garrett.
1: We couldn't have done this without you.
0: And thank you to everyone. Yes, and the universe. It's been a fun ride.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Keep on fighting in the open. Thank you all. Thanks.
1: Bye.
0: Bye. man our last bye